We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Welcome on this Tuesday, and uh, we are we are thrilled you're with us. Thrilled you're with us. Boy, last night took a beating. Uh, rightfully so. Look, I'd said that uh, Cincinnati sucks, <laughs> and I, I, my mind hasn't changed. But last night, they, uh, they played about as well as they could possibly play with Finley under center, and uh, the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger under center played about as poorly as they could possibly play. And the Steelers ended up losing last night to the Cincinnati Bengals, and, uh, yep, I get it. There was many of you that said, hey, what happened? I, I, 14 and a half point favorites. It wasn't just myself that thought the Bengals would lose. Vegas did as well. And so, anyway, long story short, uh, the uh, the Bengals still walked away with a victory. But uh, I still think they're a terrible football franchise, and I think the Steelers will rebound before it's all said and done. But uh, it was uh, – it was a tough night at the ball yard last night if you're a Steelers fan. Steelers got to be fit looking themselves in the mirror right now going, what the heck? What is wrong with us? 855-830-8648. In the meantime, now you start looking towards the AFC. If you are an NFC team, not only do you have to battle through what is considered a top-heavy conference, okay? Let's be honest. I mean, I don't think there's a standout, standalone, above-everybody-else team right now in the NFC Uh, as much as you want to believe it might be the Green Bay Packers and you can make a case for anybody so you can make a case for the Packers I wouldn't deny that but when you look at where uh, where things are in the NFC with the Packers being the top dog and then obviously um, you know now they got a big game coming up this weekend you know if they don't uh, if they don't take care of business at home against Tennessee then things could dramatically change but you know the Packers have knocked off the Saints but they fell to Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, they fell to Minnesota. Minnesota's on the outside looking in. They're not one of the top teams. As a matter of fact, they're two games under 500 after getting beat by the Bears this past weekend. Bears sitting at 500. So, and by the way, do you, do you count that now? If if the Bears, if you meet the Bears, the Bears get a win next week. We'll say suddenly the Bears have a winning record. Do you still look at them as a team with a winning record? I mean, you have to, right? They're not a sub-500 team. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. You know, because right, right now you say, well, the Packers have only – they're 1-2 and two against teams with winning records. But the Bears, they beat the Bears, and the Bears are 7-7. Seven and seven. They've struggled as of late, but over the last couple of weeks they've looked a lot better, dramatically better, with Mitch Trubisky coming back, right? Mitch Trubisky didn't look good against the Packers. Couldn't go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers, but – they certainly have found something over the last couple of weeks. 
So anyway, the question becomes, when you look at the Packers and the Saints and Seahawks and, and Washington, even though Washington is 6-8 and eight and you can't really take a team that's going to win their division probably at 500 or less because that the, the only shot they've got is being 500, you know? So, you know, obviously you've got the Rams, you've got Tampa Bay, Arizona all sitting right there trying to get into the postseason, trying to hang on to a spot in the postseason. So can the Bears climb in if the Bears win out? Sure. You know, if Arizona takes a loss and the Chicago Bears should win out, yeah, the Bears could end up, uh, you know, in, in the postseason. Not that you want to see. I don't think – I think I'd be more weary of Minnesota than I would be the Bears, to be honest with you. But, you know, you get a team that starts – again, you get hot at the right time. Now, remember yesterday we talked a little bit about what the thought process is for some, not all, but for some south of the border – and that is, hey, remember when the Packers were that sleeping giant and they needed a win to get in and the Bears took them lightly and were, you know, now the Bears, they say they took them lightly. Um, I don't think they did. It's a rivalry game. I think they really wanted to win. Brian Urlacher later, years, years later down the road said, yeah, we wanted to win that game. They just, the Packers just beat them. The Packers' backs were against the wall and they wanted it a little bit more. Whereas the Bears knew they were going to be the top dog in the NFC. And then, lo and behold, the Packers get in, and off they go. They go to Philadelphia. They go to Atlanta. They get the NFC Championship game at, at uh, Soldier Field, and they end up in the in the postseason uh, in the Super Bowl, and they win it. So the Bears are now thinking 10 years later, by the way, anniversary time, hint, hint, that they're peaking at the right time. They need to win and get in. They need to knock off the Packers to do so. The Packers would then allow the sleeping giant to awake, and therefore the Bears would go on this magical run and then win an NFC Championship game, this time at Lambeau Field, to kind of reclaim the humiliation that they took down there. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's what some believe. Now, who is the best team that's the most capable of knocking off Kansas City? And remember... The Buffalo Bills now have vaulted ahead of Pittsburgh by lieu of Pittsburgh's last three losses. They've lost three in a row. When you've got Kansas City winning nine in a row and the Buffalo Bills winning four in a row, teams that are hot at the end of the season as opposed to a team like Pittsburgh who is just right now just struggling. Just struggling right now. 855-830-864. Who's the most capable out of the NFC, do you think to knock them? Because I I think much, if you go by what Sam Monson said from Pro Football Focus, the NFL analyst, just a little while ago on the program, in the first hour, he said basically, look, it's Kansas City and then everybody else. And if you believe that, who's the most capable coming out of the NFC to knock off Kansas City? 855-830-8648. And I guess if you really want to take it a step further and you really believe that the Packers are the best team in the NFC – are the Packers equipped to knock off Kansas City, and if so, why? 855-830-8648, I'll tell you one thing. Um, if, you, if you think the Packers, and, and they're going to have to, but if you think the Packers are going to win the way they've been winning games against Kansas City, that's about the only way they're going to win it, but they're not going to win it easily. And the reason being, and by that I mean, this is a team that has to get off to a lead, keep the foot to the gas pedal, make quality drives almost every drive. You know, you can afford one or two where you're 
I don't want to say three and out, but you know where you you're not scoring, but you can't afford more than one or two drives. That's it because it it just you you won't win against Kansas City. So the Packers get off to a lead. The defense comes in and gets a stop. Packers then put it in the end zone again. All of a sudden you're up 14, you're up 10, whatever it happens to be, and then you're forced to start saying, "Look, Aaron Rodgers is in the groove. We got to catch up." Therefore. The Packers defense kind of pins their ears back. They can play more of their coverage than they do, you know, with beef up front. That's when they play nickel and dime, and that's when they really kind of play at their best. And then they come after you. Sack totals have gone up here as of late. It seems like things have been simplified. It seems like the guys are a little more energized up front. Zedarius Preston, Kenny Clark, you start to name it, okay? Rashawn Gary, hopefully he's going to be okay. You start to go through that list. You're figuring out your linebacking situation. The young guys are starting to come on. Barnes and Kamal Martin both playing well. Kirksey's there almost as a backup now because he didn't even start in this last contest. So you start to look at these guys, and you say, you know what, maybe they figure it out. Kevin King's playing pretty well, even though he's been nicked up. Jair Alexander hurt him in a hell of a year. Savage and, and Adrian Amos, Amos coming off of his best game of the season. Maybe that secondary starting to peak. Okay, you got some capability there. But the one thing remembering is, you're not going to go up three scores all of a sudden on Kansas City unless you create turnovers. And even then, Patrick Mahomes is going to keep coming and coming and coming and coming after you. He's not Ryan Tannehill. He's not Mitch Trubisky. He's none of them. He's on a, on a planet all by himself, damn near. Or it's like facing Aaron Rodgers. He's going to keep coming. The difference is Patrick Mahomes has been pretty unflappable. And remember last year, he got down big time in a couple of playoff games and didn't phase him. Didn't phase him. Came storming back, won games. So this is not that's not going to be – you're not going to get up by two scores and all of a sudden just say, okay, we can take the foot off the gas and we're going to start to play this crappy prevent, uh, you know, all nickel all the time defense because that ain't going to cut it. This That would be the epitome of you have to stick with what got you there. you got to keep going and going and going and going. you got to take chances. You don't be stupid, but you got to take chances. I think the Packers can offensively keep up. I just don't know if that defense is going to do enough. 855-830-8648. 855-830-8648. Do you think the Green Bay Packers have enough? 855-830-8648. Again, 855-830-8648. You want to chime in? Go ahead and do so. Give it to us. How many teams in the AFC are better than the Packers? Is it just Kansas City, or do you think there's more? Or do you think there's more? Hey, bottom of the hour, Evan Flood, Wisconsin Insider for 24-7 Sports, going to be joining us. We'll talk with him. Uh, bowl games and all that kind of good stuff regarding the Badgers. Don't forget Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette coming up after the top of the hour as well. But how many teams in the AFC do you feel are better than the Green Bay Packers, or is it just simply Kansas City and everybody else? Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back. 
This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Quick Trip. And uh, tonight, I man, I got a lot of running around to do. I got a lot going on. So I'm going to stop in the Quick Trip. I've been craving some of that uh, fried chicken that Quick, uh, Quick Trip has. Don't forget, though, they have terrific take-home heat and eat meals. They have got pothole pizzas. They do have the uh, fried chicken. I know it's probably not on the diet, but it's not awful. But I love it. Those chicken tenders are just, oh, my God, they're to die for. Eh, not literally, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Grab yourself a beverage or two. You're good to go. Stop in the Quick Trip. Use your Quick Rewards card and uh, just enjoy yourself. Go to Quick Trip. Stop in whenever you're, you're on the go. And uh, Speaking of that, I did notice gas is on the rise. It's like a buck sixty-eight a few weeks ago. All of a sudden now it's up to two fourteen. Are you kidding me? What happened to gas? Holy mackerel. So not that Quick Trip controls that, but you know what I'm saying. But I did stop in today and filled up over at Quick Trip right over here by uh, the Waukesha County Airport. So check out our friends at Quick Trip. Use your Quick Rewards card as well. So, so, um, I wanted to know how many teams in the AFC you think are better than the Packers. Or if it's just basically like Sam Monson, the NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus, stated that it's Kansas City and everybody else in the National Football League. So let's just let's just lean back for a minute uh, and think uh, of the Green Bay Packers making it to the Super Bowl. If they face anybody else but Kansas City, what kind of a fighting chance do you give them? Or is it just it's going to be Kansas City? Without a doubt, no doubt. I mean, unless obviously there's a an injury of some type. But you know what I'm talking about, right? 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Want to hear from you. Max writes in the Wendy's email inbox, I think it's going to be Kansas City winning it again. The first time in a long time we've seen back-to-back champions. It's very hard to do, but they seem to have the mojo, and not many teams in the National Football League right now are that competitive. I think it's a milk toast league, not a dominant team. Uh, I know fans like to see that, but I want to see dominance. I think it's going to be Kansas City, but I still have faith in my pack. Go, pack, go. But okay. I understand where you're coming from. I, it's not It's not a milk toast league. I think it's very even. You know? For, for what they've gone through this year, look, you've got how many teams right now? Um, you've got... Seven teams in each conference, so it's Kansas City down to Miami. So plus you've got the Ravens at nine and five, uh, the Raiders at seven and seven. They're five hundred. New England's only a game back at six and eight. They could still end up with a uh, a five hundred record. So you would go what uh, eight, nine, ten teams deep in the AFC with rec- with a a five hundred record or better uh, should it fall that way. Meanwhile, you've got the same thing over in the uh, in the NFC because it goes Packers, Saints, Seattle, Washington. Then the next three teams are L.A., the Rams, uh, the Buccaneers, and the Cardinals. And the team behind them would be the Bears. They're 500. The Vikings are uh, two games under 500. They would be the next team. And then after that, it does drop off a little bit more. So the, maybe top to bottom, the AFC is a better – although, you know what? I don't know. I mean, I would put Carolina, who's the bottom feeder right now in the NFC. I'd, I'd put that. I'd think they beat the hell out of the New York Jets. I think the Atlanta Falcons could beat Jacksonville, no problem. 
You know, you look at a team like Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia's better than Cincinnati. Maybe Joe Burrow playing this season for Cincinnati might make them a little bit better, but not much. Not enough because I think that team's defense is just awful. Uh, Houston has been a, a massive disappointment, and I think the Gi- the Giants are better defensively. San Francisco's a good football team with a lot of injuries. You know, even though the Chargers with Justin Herbert has really been impressive, I think Denver's defense is good and their offense is poor. So I, I don't know. I think you're only as good as the bottom feeders in your in your conference, and I think the the bottom of the NFC is probably a little bit better than the AFC. Therefore, you would assume that the NFC itself is better, top to bottom. But uh, the top heaviness, meaning the Packers sitting at eleven and three versus the thirteen and one Kansas City Chiefs or the eleven and three Buffalo Bills, the eleven and three Pittsburgh Steelers, I think the Packers. I think the Packers would struggle more with Buffalo than I do uh, probably with Pittsburgh. And Kansas City, I Kansas City is just a, a really, really good football team. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Kansas City, just, you know, when you look at Tariq Hill and Sammy Watkins and and you, it was Demarcus Robinson and, and obviously uh, Travis Kelsey at tight end, I mean, that's that's having another wide receiver. You know, their their run game's pretty good. They're now kind of, you know, using uh, Le'Veon Bell a little bit more. Um, and, you know, Edward, uh, was it Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is is solid. I mean, um, I, man, I like what they're doing. I like what they've got. They don't use a ton of, of rookies and young guys over on defense. Uh, they've they, Bashad Breeland, I think, is just really solid. You've got a guy like Daniel Sorensen. Over that free safety, he and then obviously uh, the Honey Badgers back there at strong safety. So you've got some really solid players there. Um, I, that's that's a good team. I think they're they're susceptible defensively because they have had some close games this year. But th- this is what good teams do. Even when they play bad, they figure out a way to win. Where does that sound familiar? You know, we talk. We just got done talking about that. Packers didn't play great against Carolina. It wasn't a great game, but even when they play a half, they still figure out ways to win. That's what good teams do, you know? But Kansas City's the most recent champion, so you look at them and give them a little bit more of the nod, and it's the, the same reason you give the Packers the nod because of the way Aaron Rodgers can play. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes, but their defense is susceptible. The, you you can put points up on their defense. 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Give us a shout. How many teams do you think are better than the Green Bay Packers when it comes to the AFC? You know, you can't really go back to, to week one. I mean, I know that uh, it seemed like they struggled a little bit with Houston and they kind of put the, the, the train back on the track. But uh, they beat the Chargers 23-20. They struggled with the Chargers. A um, little bit with Baltimore, not much. That seemed to be more of that Monday night contest. Remember, it was Lamar Jackson, the, the reigning MVP against the former MVP, and they really kind of beat up on Baltimore. I mean, they got out. Uh, Baltimore got out to a lead, and then uh, you know Kansas City stormed back, and Baltimore put up some points late, but it, it really wasn't that close of a game. Um, you know, they they got a 16 point win over New England. Their only loss comes to the Raiders. The Raiders just seemed to match up well against them. They got beat 40 32. Their defense gave up 40 points in that contest. Um, then they got a win over the Bills. They only gave up 17. They beat the Bills by nine. 
they only gave up 16 to Denver, but Denver was not a good football team. They only gave up nine to the Jets, and again, we're talking about the Jets. They beat Carolina, but they struggled with Carolina. Carolina went, they, they beat Carolina 33-31 back in week nine. 35-31 against the Raiders, 27-24 against the Buccaneers, 22-16 by six over the Broncos, 33-27 by six over the Dolphins, 32-29 by three over the Saints. It's not like they're blowing teams away. I mean, you can keep it competitive and close. So while the, while the Kansas City Chiefs, they are who we thought they were. They're a 13-1 team, and they deserve all the accolades. But they're not blowing people out. You know, if, if this were Packers fans in Kansas City, even though they're sitting there as the 2019 defending champions, you'd be looking at this team going, they've got some flaws. You know, Patrick Mahomes and that offense, that's what they're relying upon. All the same scenarios that we hear here in Green Bay and throughout Packer Nation, same things they're saying right now down in Kansas City. They're just kind of going, man, boy, waiting for the other shoe to fall, for this defense not to get that one extra stop, and Patrick Mahomes to not get that one extra drive, and suddenly they're on the outside looking in. 8-5-5, now they have played better competition, I'll give you that. Because they knocked off the Dolphins, a team with a winning record. They knocked off the Saints, a team with a winning record. They knocked off the Buccaneers, a team with a winning record. You know, they knocked off the Raiders, team that had a winning record. They beat the Bills, team with a winning record. You know? So I, they beat the, the Ravens, team with a winning record. So I give them all the credit in the world. Even though they're winning these games by small margins, they're still winning those games. 855-830-8648. Let's go to uh, Doug listening to us in Luxembourg. Doug, welcome to the program, The Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, Bill? Doing I great. What's Packers, up? I think the Packers got more than enough to beat the Chiefs. The reason being is the Mahomes reminds me so much of Brett Favre where he takes chances with his throws and there's opportunities there to make turnover or to get turnovers. It's just mm-hmm. that you have to be one of these teams that cashes in on every turnover opportunity. And that's how that's how a lot of teams win Super Bowls. They win the tur- turnover battle. Because they they're always cashing in. They're always cashing in when they got a chance. When there's an interception there, they make it. When there's a fumble mm-hmm. there, they get it. You know, and that's that's what you got to do. And and I think the Chiefs give you plenty of opportunities to do that. It's just yeah. that you gotta you gotta take advantage of it. You know, uh, a team that would scare me if they got into the playoffs and they did. And the Packers did have to face them if the Packers do make it to the Super Bowl would be Baltimore. I think the Packers would have a have a nightmare trying to trying to stop uh, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think that's that a running quarterback like that getting outside the pocket. Yeah, I could agree with that. I appreciate the phone call. When you look at Patrick Mahomes and you say he gives you opportunities, he does throw them up every now and then, but the guy's only got 5 picks on the season, okay? 5 picks on the season and when you look at Patrick Mahomes, he threw three in one game just a couple of weeks ago. So until that time, he had two picks all season long. Now, is he on the same level as Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers has a total of four interceptions. Threw two against Tampa Bay, remember. So in one game, he 
he uh, he padded that stat, so to speak. They're very similar. Patrick Mahomes with a quarterback rating of 110.6. Aaron Rodgers leading everybody. Everybody. Far and away. Far and away. Four quarterbacks. He's got a, a 118 rating. Deshaun Watson, 110.6. Patrick Mahomes, 110.6. Ryan Tannehill, 110.4. Drew Brees, 107.4. Russell Wilson, 107.1. Followed by Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. Uh, and then it kind of goes down from there. But Aaron Rodgers having just a, an unbelievable season, without a doubt. Uh, 855-830-8648. This portion of the program uh, brought to you by our good friends. Uh, well, uh, no, no, it's not. Yes, it is. It's brought to you by our friends over there that uh, took care of Radio Joe Zinzola when you talk about going to get a car buying experience. Joe, tell us about it. Bill, I would love to tell you about it. Hyundai West Dallas, that's where I got my car, and that's where I think you guys should get your car as well. It doesn't matter where you are in the state of Wisconsin. Hyundai West Dallas is willing to work with you. That's right. If you go to HyundaiWestDallas.com, there's three different ways to contact them when shopping for a new or used car, and uh, they will reach out, and you guys are even able to sign all the paperwork digitally as long as you have an iPad or a tablet. I mean, it's gotten to be that simple and that digital. And, yes, they will ship the car up to you when it's all said and done. You never have to come down to southeastern Wisconsin. For those of you that live in La Crosse, Wausau, Green Bay, up north in Rhinelander, for crying out loud, it doesn't matter. Hyundai West Dallas is willing to work with you. And the other nice thing about it is, uh, tis the season to be jolly at Hyundai West Dallas. They have the winter sell-down event, uh, which includes quite a few things. All new vehicles, they're sold at or below dealer invoice. They will match any Wisconsin dealer's offer, offering Top Kelly Blue Book values on trades, including 0% financing available, no payments until February, and no down payment needed. And if you mention my name, Radio Joe or Joe Zanzola, it doesn't matter. Uh, you'll get an additional $500 off your new car. And what they have at Hyundai West Dallas is the Christmas tree of savings. You draw a card from the tree, you can get up to an additional $500 in savings. And when you pair that with the name, that's up to $1,000. How about that? There's one other really cool deal going on. Hyundai West Dallas is... Uh, Big partnership with International Autos. And the International Autos Group, they want to help by giving away a brand new car to the individual or family who is most in need of a new vehicle this holiday season. Because after all, we've all struggled in different ways this year. Visit IAAutogroup.com for details and you can enter the 2020 IA car giveaway. That's IAAutogroup.com. And if you don't have a chance to win in that, just work at Hyundai West Dallas and try to get your car from there as well. Again, HyundaiWestDallas.com and Hyundai West Dallas off of Highway 100 in West Dallas. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Peace up. Peace up. Yeah. Yeah. Reminder, the Green and Gold postgame show coming up immediately following the game on Sunday night, Packers and Titans. Gary Ellison and I break it all down, and we take your reaction as well. It's the Green and Gold postgame show on many of these same stations. Otherwise, follow us on the radio.com app or simply at BillMichaelsSports.com. That's BillMichaelsSports.com right after Green Bay and Tennessee this coming Sunday night. Glad to have you on board. Hey, um... 
The Badgers are off to the uh, the Mayo Bowl. <laughs> and when they kept changing names, it's just like, oh, man, you know, come on. I, I'm trying to think of what all the bowls are that are out there. I, knew, I just saw one was uh, – um, one of the teams, I think it's Tennessee, is now bailing because they've got COVID, so they can't go to the bowl game. So the Badgers, they get a nice win. They get Paul Bunyan's axe back. They're off to the Mayo Bowl, the Duke Mayo Bowl. So going to be taking on uh, um, Wake Forest, and uh, you got uh, the you know the defensive coordinator and offensive coordinators are going to be out uh, tomorrow talking to the media. You've got certain players and such that are all geeked up about this. You're going to get some guys back, but there's a lot of stuff and news revolving around the program, both football and basketball. And uh, joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, Evan Flood from Wisconsin Insider, the Wisconsin Insider, I should say, for 247sports.com. Evan, how you been? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. So let's start off first and foremost. Jack Cohn is going to enter the portal and and leave the Wisconsin program. Um, thoughts on that? Because there was some thought or at least some discussion uh, via the media heads that whether or not, you know, with, with Graham Mertz's first year and he started off fast and then kind of struggled a little bit, but then again he didn't have the weapons. Should Jack Cohn come back? Should he be the starter and all that kind of stuff? But give me your thoughts on Jack Cohn entering the portal. Yeah, I don't think it's a huge surprise at this point. I don't think you can sit Mertz on the bench for, for another year after you've already sort of turned the reins over uh, to him. So, you know, not a huge surprise that a, a quarterback like Cohn's talent would want to finish his career. So, you know, I was one of those people that thought there was a chance we could see him uh, against Minnesota just with the rivalry game. You obviously don't want to lose that ax, you know, if Mertz struggled like, like he did, you know, in, in that first half, you know, you start thinking, okay, you know, Wisconsin's got to get this offense going somehow uh, in order to keep the ax and, you know, not lose a rivalry game here. You know, maybe it's worth it to, you know, just, just put Cone in for, you know, the second half to try and jumpstart a, a sputtering offense. But, you know, obviously we saw uh, Chase Wolf in, in that second half after Mertz was, was knocked out, which, you know, I, I think was kind of the writing on the wall going forward there that, you know, Wisconsin maybe already knew that, uh, Cone, Cone was out the door after the season. Obviously, he waited, you know, less than 24 hours to uh, uh, enter his name in, into the transfer portal. So I'm guessing the Badgers kind of already knew that they weren't going to get him back uh, next season. But you know, kind of unfortunate for him. You know, he had such a great junior year. You know, the third most efficient season in, in school history behind names like Russell Wilson and, and Scott Tolzien. Obviously, that broken foot uh, set him back. Um, handed the reins over to Mertz, which I'm you know, sure a lot of UW fans aren't exactly all, all that sad about. But you know, you'd like to see a guy that's given so much to this program kind of end things uh, the right way. But unfortunately, he just wasn't able to do that. Um, obviously, there's been some injuries this year. There's been COVID this year. So Graham Mertz has not necessarily had all of his weaponry at his avail at all times. Then comes the recruiting class, which I'm not going to say it's surprising because we all know Wisconsin has been on the come when it comes to recruiting for quite some time now. But finally they get one of those classes everybody kind of raises their eyebrows out and goes, whoa, wait a minute. They're bringing in some quality guys. Talk about some of the weapons that Graham Mertz is not going to have to work with. And he got a bigger offensive line, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, you know, the numbers are a little skewed just because Wisconsin loaded up at uh, positions are already pretty stacked on. You know, you look at this class, uh, a lot of offensive tackles, a lot of outside linebackers. You know, those are essentially the two positions you needed the least of. Uh, but but it is, you know, currently the best recruiting class in, in 
school history. Wisconsin's never even had a top 25 class. You know, they got a chance to be top 15, depending on what happens between uh, now and, and February with, uh, you know, a lot of schools in that 10 to 15 range uh, kind of sputtering right now and then uh, commits. But, you know, we'll, we'll, I think there are a couple wide receivers that could help out next season. Uh, Marcus Allen, I think, will be the most ready. Uh, kid out of Ohio was once committed to Michigan. You know, physically, uh, really impressive, 6'2", 190. Has some of that Danny Davis jump ball ability where he just goes up and you know, the ball just sticks to his hands. He can pull it in uh, in, in traffic. Uh, really impressive down on the goal line with those jump ball scenarios. And, and then Skyler Bell is an interesting kid. Jake Taylor a, a little bit, you know, kind of a tweener, you know, whether he's a perimeter guy or a slot guy, uh, but just very athletic. Uh, didn't play his senior season uh, due to COVID. Connecticut didn't play out there. Uh, so not entirely sure, you know, what he's going to bring to the table, but, but his junior film, um, you know, is pretty intriguing as a six one guy. Like I said, spent some time in the slots, spent some time in, in, in the perimeter, uh, really good athlete, hits those seems really well, like Taylor did for, for Wisconsin. So he's a guy that I think could potentially help uh, right away, too. And then, like you mentioned, the offensive line, uh, you know, I'm sure Mertz is going to love being protected by guys like Nolan Rucci, uh, a five-star offensive tackle who had offers from everywhere. Uh, Riley Malman probably would have had <laughs> a lot more offers had he not committed uh, so early. Um, you know, and he's a, a kid that could just take off once once he gets into a strength and conditioning program. Plays a lot of plays primarily tight end in high school at, at six seven six eight two ninety. Um, and then JP Benchwall, everyone knows the Benchwall brothers. You know he's another hog coming in at you know six seven two ninety. Um, if he's anything like his brothers, he's not close to to, to done growing. You know when he gets to college either. Uh, I do got to ask you, Brett Bielema back in the Big Ten. Um, I'm not necessarily sitting here as a Wisconsinite going, uh-oh, you know, he knows all the nooks and crannies to find some of these guys. But the t- the concentration down there is they only had two players commit to Illinois from Illinois. Uh, and, and so now he's being brought in specifically to start pirating the upper Midwest. Does this in any way concern anybody or should concern anybody in the Wisconsin kind of the conduit? Maybe a little. Um, you, you hit on, you know, what I always say with the Illinois job. It is so tough to keep that talent at home. And, and there's a lot of it, but it just does not want to stay home. Um, you know, there's a lot in that Chicago suburbs area. And, you know, you already look at, you know, there are two teams yearly that will out-recruit Illinois in their own state, and that's Michigan and Notre Dame. And, you know, and then those kids go everywhere all over the Big Ten and, you know, sometimes nationally too. And then you get down to the southern part of the state where, where Champaign is and that East St. Louis area. I mean, those guys rarely stay and play for the home state school. They're in the SEC, Pac-12, Big 12, uh, the, the, you know, big other Big Ten powers. I mean, they'll go everywhere, too. It's a really tough job, um, despite all the talent you have to, to choose from. I mean, you, you, you mean, look at Wisconsin. I mean, you would think... Uh, they they would get a healthy amount of it, given the proximity, given their you know winning tradition. Everybody struggles to recruit that state because the kids are so sporadic in, in terms of where they go. Um, so you know, Elam, you had a like any Wisconsin coach had a built-in advantage when when you go there because all those kids want to stay home. They want to play for Wisconsin. You know, it's hard to lose any of them regardless of who they are. You know, I think. Off the top of my head, I think Paul Chris has gotten the last uh, 
15 out of 16 players that, that he's offered, you know, you, you look across the country, you won't see any of that. So, you know, it's going to be tough for him to build. Now, with, with any new coach, there's always, uh, you know, there's always a lot of excitement and hype around it. So I would expect him to, to land a couple guys early. You know, Lovey Smith was the same way. Got a couple of big names, uh, you know, in his first two years. Um, you know, so he'll have to build on that. But, yeah, for Bielema, in order to build this program, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and make the mistake that every other coach has done before and, you know, think you need to keep all that talent in order to win. You know, I'd be spreading, I'd be spreading my wings as far across the country as I could and, and not rely on it because the history of that state, you know, has not been good to either in-state program, Northwestern or Illinois there. Always great to talk to you. I could go on and on. I want to talk some basketball eventually as well, but I know we're up against the clock. Evan, we'll get you back on soon, okay? All right, sounds good. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. Evan Flood, Wisconsin Insider for 247sports.com. You can find him over on Twitter at Evan underscore Flood, at Evan underscore Flood. Thanks to him for joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE to go to SchneiderJobs.com. 844-PRIDE to go to SchneiderJobs.com. More of the Bill Michaels Show and some trepidation. I'm using that word when it comes to watching Bucks basketball. I'll tell you why next. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers had seven players named to the Pro Bowl, including Aaron Rodgers, left tackle David Bakhtiari, running back Aaron Jones, linebacker Sedaria Smith, and wide receiver Devontae Adams. Cliche, but football is the, the, the most team sport that there is, so Dave and Obviously, A-Rod and what he's doing for me, um, none of it is possible. The Packers getting ready to face the Tennessee Titans, who improved to 10-4. After beating the Lions Sunday 46-25, that's the most wins the Titans have had in the regular season since 2008. Once again, running back Derrick Henry led the way, 147 yards rushing and a touchdown. You know, we're not done, we're not satisfied, but credit to everybody that's in that building every day, working to you know be able to you know do things like this credit to everybody involved. And the Packers are mourning the loss of linebackers coach Kevin Green, who was an assistant to Dom Capers, his former coach at the Steelers and Panthers. Green was one of the all-time sack leaders, and four years ago we were there in Kenton the night he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. After 15 years of kicking people's asses with your brothers, entertain some folks, develop some lifelong relationships, I am eternally grateful and I salute you. Thank you. Kevin Green was 58 years old. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. We are glad you are with us. Hey, don't forget, coming up after the top of the hour, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette is going to be joining us. Talk some Packers with him. Get his thoughts not only on those that are uh, going to the Pro Bowl, but also the passing of Kevin Green. We'll get into that discussion coming up. The uh, The Bucks this year, they're going to have a lot of those games uh, that are going to be televised. They're going to do some national games this year, quite a few national games this year. But uh, now, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, some of, these, some of this schedule is going to be somewhat limited. 
as far as television access for those throughout the state, correct? Yeah, there was a piece from J.R. Radcliffe uh, yeah. earlier today in JSOnline.com, and basically, unless, I mean, a lot of people don't have cable. Uh, a lot of right. people can't afford cable. Um, so a lot of the streaming services like YouTube or Sling, um, there is no agreement made between them and Sinclair. And once mm-hmm. again, you get into these stupid battles over money, and no one can ever come to an agreement. So right now, um, there's a lot of games that if you don't have Fox Sports Wisconsin on cable um, and you only use streaming services, well, you're screwed right now because yep. an agreement has not been made. So you're hoping that either one, they are on more national games as it goes down the line, uh, or like Joe said, either that or you've got uh, Fox Sports Wisconsin. Otherwise, you're you're on the outside looking in. Uh, that could most bars, sports bars and such, they have it. Uh, they have uh, sports um, packages and such where they can get it. But yeah, if you're just sitting at home and right now with COVID is what it is. I mean, some of these services that a lot of people are using in, because I know that um, a lot of people will get like basic cable or a basic subscriber service and then watch like live TV on that subscriber service. But if you're not with Fox Sports Wisconsin, you're you're not getting it. And you better check because, and some people are finding that out the hard way, you better check because some people thought they had it and now they don't. It's left some packages as well. And I've noticed that. When we come back on a Talks of Packers football, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette going to be here. We're going to chat uh, about the, the Pro Bowlers, about this team coming up against uh, Tennessee, and also about the passing of Kevin Green. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Sixteen stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.